Hello there and welcome to May Fight Club. I'm your host, Manny Galarza. Today we're going to be sitting down with the one and only Terrence T-Rex McKinney, current fighter in the UFC. Off to an amazing start, finished two of his first three fights in the UFC. So to sit down with us today, talk about his background. He's got some stories to tell. Growing up on a military base, his mom was in the military. Excellent wrestling background. Uh, Division II college wrestler, flirted with the national team, Olympic level type of wrestler. Coming off of a loss in his last fight, but uh, was a good opponent. It was very exciting, and he had his opponent hurt early on in that fight. He's scheduled to fight again coming up in August. So when he joins us here, we're going to jump right into this interview. Got some good questions for him today. I feel like I know the guy already. You know when you follow a fighter, watch their fights, do the background stuff, do their profile breakdown. I feel like now I'm at a point where like I know this guy, and I don't know him at all. Uh, I want to... I guess answer a question, a common question I've been asked recently is how do I get interviews with these athletes? Now, granted, I'm not interviewing, I don't know, like let's say, for example, Conor McGregor. <laughs> We're not interviewing Francis Ngannou, uh, though I do have a, a lifeline out to Francis Ngannou. A friend of a friend does know him. In any case, how do I get these interviews? Um, it's pretty simple. You know, I'm using social media handles, directly reaching out to the fighters or the representatives just polite messages, just polite, simple texts of, you know, we want to talk with you. We're a small podcast here. Not many followers. I keep it honest. I don't try to bullshit them. I don't say like I'm calling from ESPN. We need to do an interview with you. No, I don't do any of that stuff. We keep it 100 here. But it's just uh, it's just trying, reaching out. So if you, if you have a small podcast, maybe you cover a different sport altogether. Maybe you're doing, I don't know, hockey or maybe you're doing, some, I don't know, track and field, some other sport that's not a mainstream sport. Because I would imagine if you're covering like baseball, basketball you know big time sports like nhl you're gonna have a very hard time getting hold of those athletes mixed martial arts is different in that it's so new and uh, many of the athletes are still let's say normal people they're getting paid normal wages they're not living in mansions in hollywood and you're talking about like top nfl players nba players those guys you know they have agents they're not going to respond to a podcaster like me reaching out to them for a simple interview but in the context of the fighters i've been able to reach out to I do want to give like a lot of credit. First of all, to Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill was the first person who like first bigger time athlete who said, yeah, I'll give you a chance and sat down with us. That was awesome. Uh, but across the board, what it takes is just a little, little bit of elbow grease and trying. Throwing a lot of mud at the wall. Um, I felt like recently we've gotten more responses from female fighters, which is which is great because I, I love women's MMA. Frustrating to bet on, of course, as we've talked about recently. I think I put a tweet up the other day, which has uh, been retweeted quite a bit. And I think it goes something like, betting on um, betting on women's MMA is like playing Russian roulette. It's just a matter of time before you blow your head off. So um, on the flip side, women's MMA doesn't have as many finishes, right? So it's one of those things where it's like a give or take. But in any case, um, we do have a lot more responses from the female fighters. And maybe that's just because women are more detail-oriented. Uh, maybe they do a better job of cataloging, you know, their attempted contacts through social media. What I have found, if you try to reach out to athletes through, for example, like Instagram, Twitter, they have like filters set. So a lot of your stuff will go right to the spam filter or spam folder. Excuse me. I've had athletes tell me, oh, I didn't see your message until right now because it was in a spam folder. So with all that said, uh, you keep trying. And if at first you don't succeed, what? Try, try, try again. Anyway, it's approximately, what, 12.56 p.m. Eastern time here, just outside of Philadelphia. We are waiting for Terrence McKinney to jump in here for the interview, and Terrence McKinney is Pacific time, so it's actually going to be about 10 a.m. his time 
out in the Northwest. I'm assuming he's based still, or currently today, he's still in Washington. I was doing some background information on him, like some digging. We all know about the, well, we don't all know about his story in high school. He'll talk about that. But you, he actually lived on military bases as a kid. He lived in Germany, um, got picked on. He'll talk about that, got bullied. And his mom was uh, in the army and then another fraction of the military. I'm not sure which one. We'll talk about her. And if you follow his Instagram, you'll see his mom is all over there. He's a very proud mama's boy and uh, gives her a lot of credit for being the man he is today. Not sure about his his father's role in his life. Uh, we may touch upon that, but you know, sometimes that can be sensitive. I, for one, knew my father growing up. I knew my biological father. Uh, I believe he's still alive. And um, with the same name. So that's always weird, right? Like I'm junior. In any case, um, he yeah, has a sensitive subject for certain people. You know, I had a great stepfather who was a big part of my life and uh, he unfortunately passed away last uh, Thanksgiving, around Thanksgiving. And uh, long story short, yeah, your father's role or lack thereof can play a big role in your life. I think uh, Terrence may get a chance to talk about some of that here and share whatever he feels comfortable with. But if you're someone who didn't have your father in your life, and that could be for a lot of reasons. I know people who lost their father when they were young, you know, just passed away. Um, um, maybe they were in the military. You know, they were a casualty of war. It's not always that the father's like leaving. I'm not trying to project, uh, project you know, that type of image all the time. But the point is growing up, maybe, not, how about this? Without either of a parent or maybe without both parents and what that's like. A friend of mine who's who was adopted, his biological parents, he doesn't know them. And the parent who adopted him passed away a few years ago. Now, he's a grown man. He's 30 years old. But you know, it kind of tells you, you know, reminder, life is very fragile. And if you do have two parents and you have them for most of your life or even one parent or someone that you can call like a parent, maybe a big brother, or sister, an uncle, you got to be very thankful of that. <laughs> very thankful. And even though I did lose my stepfather this past year and my mom, it was tough 2021, 2022. It's been very challenging and I haven't uh, really shared that on the air with anybody on the channel. And maybe I'll get to a point where I can share more of that and, uh, you know, without breaking down here on the microphone, but it's not easy. If you have parents, make the best of it. If you're not in a good relationship with them, you don't talk to them very much. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and tell you to make amends and start talking to a parent that you don't get along with, or maybe you have a good reason not to talk to. I don't talk to my biological father either. So, you know, you do the best you can for what works for you. But uh, I will say that, you know, parents play a big role. And sometimes when there's a lack there of a parent, uh, that too can play a big part of it. So in the case of Terrence McKinney, I do believe, and he'll correct me if I'm wrong, he was raised predominantly by his mother. And then I think maybe there was a sister involved there too. We'll, we'll talk more about that as well. So, yeah. And if you're not familiar with Terrence McKinney's, you know, story, Google it. <laughs> you know, sometimes that sounds kind of cocky when someone says like, yeah, just Google my name. No, if you Google his name, you're going to find a lot more than just mixed martial arts. He's an advocate in the community. He's outspoken and, uh, and, a, and a warrior for the dangers of substance abuse and what it could do to you. Um, he's fallen victim to that himself and has been able to talk to. And here he is. So let me just grab him up right now. And there he is. Yes, sir. What up, brother? I like, your little, I like your setup. I like your little chair. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And I appreciate your time. Okay, so it's 10 a.m. your time, right? Pacific time? Yes, yes, sir. What's on the agenda for today? What's your schedule like today? Um, Today at noon, I'm about to go train. And then I got a 4.45 strength and conditioning. And then I got the team practice tonight at 7 p.m. So is that three days for you right now? Three days? Yes, yes sir. 
Okay. Now, are you in camp for your fight coming up in August? Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. You're from Washington, but looking at your Wikipedia, you lived in Germany, had some experiences there. Your mom's former military, uh, or maybe she former military now, former? Yeah. Okay. Talk about as much as you want to share what it was like for you growing up as a kid. You know, Wikipedia paints a picture of you being a kid that was, you know, picked on, kind of, you know, couldn't fit in, growing up all over the place, then moved to Washington, run into some bigots over there. Tell us what it was like for you. What, what made up Terrence McKinney that we know today, who's so tough and badass? Um, well, I used to watch like a lot of Jerry Springer and a lot of those shows going up, like like prison shows. So like anytime I got to a new school, I was like, oh, I just got to fight someone and I'm cool. And then when nobody, cause like, <laughs> I just used to watch such ignorant bliss stuff like that growing up. So like anytime I moved to another school, I just fight. And then like all the kids knew me. So I was like, I guess it kind of worked. It was bad. It was, <laughs> I was smart in my own way, but at the same time, it was bad, you know? <laughs> well, maybe it was just like your survival instincts, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. You know, new school. No one knows me. Someone going to try you when you're the new kid. That's just, <laughs> that's just how it goes. Now, you were a very accomplished wrestler. Who was the first person to introduce you to wrestling? What was the motivation? You know, how'd you, how'd you end up on the mat? Um... I got to thank uh, my stepdad, Ross, for that. Uh, he lived in Davenport. He wrestled growing up, and he convinced me to do it, even though, like, I, I was like, I thought it was WWE when I first got there, and I was shook, <laughs> you know, when they came with these little tights and stuff. But it ended up being the favorite sport I ever did. Now, you mentioned your stepfather. I didn't know that you, you had a stepfather in your life. I, I had a stepfather in my life who was paramount. He was the one who took me to practice and he was a rock in my life great to my mother is he still with your mother what, what kind of role has he played in your life um well he's not still my mom but he's still in the family uh group chat so like he's always gonna be family he lasted the longest <laughs> <laughs> so mama so, was rolling stone not papa mama was rolling stone i'm just joking <laughs> so yeah so you know he's he's definitely our dad because you know he was there in the crucial time that we needed him. That's awesome. I was talking before you jumped on air. I, I, my biological father and I, we don't talk. He, he is around still, but I grew up with my stepfather from the age of six years old, along with my biological mother. I lost both of them over the last year. You know, I had him most of my life, so I'm, I'm very grateful. But parenting is a big part of who a person becomes, you know. And for yourself, do you have a relationship with your biological father? What is that like or not like? And how has that impacted you as a young man? Um, uh, he wasn't around growing up, but it made me want to be better than he is. So like, if, if I have a kid, um, I know I'll be ready for it and I'll be, I'll be ready for the roller coaster up and down and I'll be ready to give my kid the world, you know, cause I remember there's times like, I, like, you know, all kids want to go to Disneyland. I just want to be that dad that you don't have to wait to grow up to go to Disneyland. I want to be able to take them as a youth when they can actually enjoy it. Like those kind of things motivate me, let them go to camp, you know, things that I didn't get to experience. So that's why I work so hard right now. So my future kids don't have to wait to be adults to go experience life and see cool things like that, like university studios, like, you know, so that's no, why I, do, I, I listen, talk. I do know because I remember growing up and, you know, having the absent parent, I used to defend my father, anyone who would bring him up and, now that I'm a full-on adult, I have two kids myself. 
yeah, I've over overcompensated a little bit in some areas. You know, I'm at every single baseball game. I'm at every <laughs> wrestling match. I'm recording shit I shouldn't even have to record. But you know, you see, I'm there. You know, I, I want as many memories as you can, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so in high school, you become a very accomplished wrestler. At that point, you're flirting with the national team, correct? Yeah, um, I end up taking like I went up going to Fargo, um, and I was one match away from placing. And I only did freestyle like two years. Wow. And I, wow. I was in a I was in a tough bracket. Like the guy that was in the finals, Joey McKenna, and then Corey Clark. So wow. I know all wrestlers know who those guys are. That's how stack my weight class is. <laughs> that well, that's exciting. With. It was a good experience though for you, I'm sure. Oh yeah. So like it made like doing the fighting stuff a whole lot easier. So if anyone wanna fight out there, make sure you wrestle because <laughs> you get in the state championship and you're in those kind of lights, uh it prepares you for a lot of things in life. Absolutely. My son is a freshman wrestler at uh, Council Rock High School North, which is Eastern Pennsylvania. Good wrestling out here. And he wrestled varsity this year at 150 pound ish. So he's a tall kid. He's about six foot one. And he got his ass shaved the entire season because he was wrestling seniors that are full bearded dudes. <laughs> and my son is like 14, turning 15, long like a, a noodle. But, um, it builds character too, as you know. It, yeah. It's it's not just exactly. you know fighting, but it builds so much character. You now, you don't realize till you're older how bad them wrestling tournaments be stinking. Listen, <laughs> okay. So time out. You just so you, you now you're talking my world. Like your, your mother, your 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 people, whoever were helping you to get that, I was like, that stuff. They must really love me because I did not notice this smell when I was younger. Yeah, dude. They're all day affairs. They're they're far from home. My wife and I usually fill up the canteens, a little bit of wine or something to get through the day. Like it's, they're long days, dude. I mean, yeah. but I love it. I love it. I love my kids. And, you know, this is going to be fast. They'll be in college and I'll be, you know, one wishing they were home. So, you know, I, I, I did make the most of it. I'm sure you will too. You That cycle of not having what you wanted as a kid, not that it wasn't good. Like my mom did a great job. And I'm sure again, you feel the same way about your mom and the people around you, but you just want to make it better, right? That's yeah. the idea. You want to make exactly. some improvements. And then when your kids have kids, they make improvements exactly yeah so all right let's talk about man what what happened to you before you go off to college you, you go to a party some things get off the rails most people know about this story but you know give us a synopsis of this moment in your life like a life-changing moment uh yeah it was a life-changing moment for me i got into drugs bad while i was in college like i was smoking pills i was i was literally doing the most because I, my mom was in the army, so like, and you know, she's African American, so you guys know there was no games being played. So once I got my freedom, <laughs> I just whipped off the hammer, man. And, um, but yeah, I ended up dying one night because I thought I was invincible. Because, you know, when you're young, you're doing the most, you don't, you don't fear death, you know, that doesn't scare you compared to it does now because you can understand it better. But I ended up dying twice that night, and that was a huge game changes for me Jeez. and so you're on the way to the hospital they bring you back twice you go through that experience how has that changed your life you know how would you i mean obviously it's going to change your life but what do you see now differently in life that you didn't see before that um just the things i value versus mm -hmm. what i did when i was younger yeah you know because out you people are always trying to be cool for people that at the end of the day you might never see them again when Very you leave true. college, you go experience your life, you realize that no one cares, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's a big it's a big uh 
let's see, like the small pond is like your community. You go to college, it's like there's a it's a lake, and then it becomes yeah. an ocean, right? Yeah, good way of putting it. Now, what are you doing with your life now? I know you've done some stuff with the community, uh, law enforcement. What things have you taken part in to make a difference to help other kids maybe not make some of those mistakes that you made? Um, I spoke at like a couple of schools this year. I spoke at Spokane Falls Community College, and then this like, um, what is it? A charter school. I spoke over there. I forgot what it's called, but um, it was a great experience. Always when when you could tell like the kids are actually listening to you. Well, they it, see they see you as a young person. Time. They can see themselves yeah. in you because you're young, you're not like an old man who's like telling yeah. a story from thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I think God made me look young for a reason, so that uh, the kids can really feel like they can connect. And I just really see God moving and really changing these kids' lives out here. So like. That's that's my main mission. It's not just fighting, and I just want the fans to know that. That's a good thing. I've read it about you. I've seen some of the videos with you, even doing work with law enforcement. And you know, for a lot of reasons, we need to find a way to break that barrier. You know, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm not as easy to profile, but the reality is, police and the African American community don't mix. It's like you know, it's like uh, doesn't mix, and we have to find better ways to bridge that gap. You're doing that, you know, by going and talking to them and, and them seeing you and you turn your life around. They kind of saved you that night. Just a good story all around. And I, I'm, I'm happy for you, Terrence. Very happy for you. Yeah, because people always get that stigma, but uh, not all cops are bad. Like uh, off, off the script, but uh, I got I got pulled over and I don't, I don't have my license right now. And the cop let me go because he knew I was just trying to get to gym, knew I was trying to train him. But if you're actually respectful and not getting aggressive, you know, uh, things just gonna go a whole, a whole lot better. Very well said. Very well said. Now you have, um, we talked about your upcoming opponent, but you're coming off of a loss against Dober, and it was a war, dude. It was a war. I had I had some money behind you that night, and I love the way it started. I'm like, there goes T Rex. Goes <laughs> out there, you know. You hit this dude who's got a freaking iron jaw. You know, he's got a big jaw, seriously, and it's, it it's a legit law. <laughs> it's huge, right? And and you hit him in all of that. And he looked done, and he comes back from the freaking dead, and he comes back and turns things around on you. What did you take away from that fight? Would you do it differently? Um, was camp long enough? You were a late replacement, I believe, for that fight. Were there any factors that may have contributed to you losing the fight, or was it just a flash in the pan? What are your thoughts on that? Um, it was definitely doing a weight cut two times in a row because usually after a weight cut, I get up to like 175, 176. And this time I was 165. 166 when I was stepping in cage that day. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so yeah. Uh, That's like the like, smallest recovery I ever had. Like, is that why you tried to end the fight in like 10 seconds? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I got to end this fight. I know this was not good. My body, I was getting tired. And warm. I was like, oh, I got to kill him quick, man. But in my head, I was already made up my mind that I was going to knock him out. Because I know he's been submitted. So I was like, That's just not enough for me. I was like, I got to <laughs> knock him out. You had him, I mean. like this. They already gave me a new contract. If I go out there and knock this dude out, I can really talk my shit. I was like, I need no one ever dropped this man in USC. Yep. And I did it. I dropped him in 10 seconds. So if I would have finished the fight right there, like I should, like I thought it should have been stopped, because if they stopped it where I was, they definitely should have stopped it at the beginning. Because I, I thought that it, too. I at least that. I was literally blocking the punches. Like anytime he hit me, it was on the arm. I was like, I was hitting him directly in the face, uppercutting him, like, yeah. 
I was, I was, I thought the ref was about to come in, so I was getting hyphy. I was like, ah. and that's why you blew your wad. You just let yeah. it. Go. <laughs> I was like, every time I touched him, he looked like he didn't want no part of it. No, I tell you what, I learned a few things that night. I learned number one, um, you know, your finishing ability. Well, I learned it before that. Your finishing ability is real. You're gonna keep getting finishes. You're an exciting fighter. You're gonna keep moving your way up the ranks. Win or lose, you're gonna bring box office stuff to the cage, and people like that. But fucking Dober has got a chin, and I don't know how he came back from that because. I think if you had hit him with one more like lethal shot, maybe yeah. like a shot in the temple, something, because you were yeah. hitting him. You were. Okay, I don't. I don't think going. I should have hit him after I dropped him the first time ah. because his body went super limp. I watch it back multiple times now. I'm like, geez, I don't even think I needed to hit you him. You could have just more chilled and actually just walked off low key. Yeah, you could have yeah. picked your next shot, you know. But you were in the back of your mind thinking one round, so one I round. I was like, cracking him. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. Now. Your next fight, you've got uh, Eric Gonzalez, is it? Yeah. What do you know about this guy? What do you expect to happen? How's the fight going to end? Well, I know he likes to get down, too. So, like, you know, you guys seen what happened when I fought a guy that likes to get down um, and come at me. Seven seconds. So, (laughs) I see see something devastating happening because – or he's going to try to wrestle me, but I'll be ready for either, like, just know I'm need him in the face. Something something nasty's happening, so get excited. I'm looking forward to it. I looked at your topology, not knowing if you had a fight coming up. Um, but I'm glad you're fighting this year again. Do you plan to squeeze in another fight? Will it depend I'm on how that fight squeeze in two more? You guys know how right. I get down. I'm, I love I'm it, man. I love it. I love seeing the active fighters. There's there's yeah. there's a whole full bunch of fighters like yourself that are just you know, two, three times a year. They want to hand pick, but I'm a fighter. I'll fight anyone anytime. I'm trying to get paid. Any sponsors, family, friends, coaches, anyone you want to give a shout out to, people you want to thank that are, you know, giving you a hand with anything, whoever it might be, maybe even a girlfriend. Uh, I'd like to say shout out to my family and everyone that supported me, uh, my teammates and my coach CJ Phillips and Pablo Afonso and Dylan Lamry, who's about to be doing my strength and conditioning today. Just everyone's just trying to push me lately and and i really i need that i need that because like like i tell you guys i'm not here to just hang around the top 10 i'm here to hold the belt so until that done my job my camp never stops my my camps for the belt i tell people this is this don't stop till i get the belt i'm in there every day well and, listen we're, we're fans of yours terrence you know following your like meteoric rise i mean you've, you've come up really quickly and again even the last fight it's not like boxing. If you lose a fight in mixed martial arts, it's like whatever, dude. And especially yeah. if you have a good showing. And you had a great showing. Yeah. You know, so your stock is is really high. You have a new contract. And yeah. we're rooting for you, man. Rooting hey, for thanks, you. brother. And most importantly, shout out to God, you know. Yes, you're a spiritual person, huh? That plays a, a big part in your life, huh? Yeah, God. God's my soul foundation. When I'm when I'm getting lost, uh, he always finds a way to find me back. Dog. All right, shout out to MMA Fight Club for having me and my brother Hill on here. So you already know two winners on the same card, you know, only good vibes. It was a pleasure talking to you. Same here, bro. I really appreciate it, man. And keep it up, Terrence. We got your back over here at MMA Fight Club, and we're going to stay in touch with you. Okay, brother? I right, love you, brother. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you guys. And Peace. Bye.